Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues. We uh, have talked a lot recently about Robert Hall and John Ridsdale, the two Canadians who were were abducted by Abu Sayyaf, the Philippine terror organization that is associated with ISIS. And we've spoken with uh, Bernice Thomas, sister of Robert Hall, and Gord Bibby, who is Robert Hall's cousin. We've talked about how the Canadian government did nothing, literally did nothing, to assist that we're aware of, and we would be aware that we're aware of uh, to assist Mr. Hall and Mr. Ridsdale. Nothing. And Bernice Thomas has not received a reply to many communications she sent to the Global Affairs Minister, Christian Freeland, with questions about what happened to her brother and uh, where the Canadian government's level of involvement was and why there's no inquiry into the murders of these two Canadians. Well, Over the last few days, I found out about an Australian man who was abducted by Abu Sayyaf and who was released after 472 days of captivity. I found out by the man who wrote his biography, Warren Rodwell was kidnapped and held captive by ISIS-associated Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines, and uh, he's Australian, and the Australian government got involved. And over the 472 days, was able to arrange, or at least participate in, what turned out to be about a $100,000 ransom. After which, and listen to this, after which Abu Sayyaf, the terror group, released Mr. Rodwell, claiming they had been paid room and board. In other words, I guess he was a guest of theirs, although they threatened him with beheading. Dr. Bob East is the researcher from Australia, the author of 472 Days Captive of the Abu Sayyaf, the survival of Australian Warren Rodwell. So let's say hello to Warren Rodwell from Australia and Dr. Bob East. Warren, it's good to speak with you. Uh, likewise, Roy. And uh, Bob, good to speak with you. You're the one who contacted me about a week, a week and a half ago, and your initial email to me was, you're absolutely correct in what you're saying about Mr. Trudeau's lack of involvement. Yes, Roy, that's correct. Um, I suppose that's what started uh, all this off. And then I got in touch with uh, Warren, and uh, I sent that article through to him too, Yes, I didn't want to appear to be too critical of your Prime Minister. However, um, I I think he probably could have done more. Uh, Our Prime Minister became involved and, um, you know, I mean, I saw some of the... um, some of the comments from your Prime Minister, and as I say, I don't want to be critical, but I just believe uh, he could have done a little more. The word is he could have done a lot more. That's the understanding that we have. We also, and we'll talk about this a little bit more as we go through the hour, but the understanding that we have is that there were military forces ready to try to rescue both Mr. Hall and Mr. Ridsdale, and they were comprised of members of Canada's Special Forces, Elite Special Forces Joint Task Force 2, the Filipino Special Forces, and perhaps American Special Forces as well. Bernice Thomas is the sister of Robert Hall, 
And, Benice, when you said to me, I think it was about two, three weeks ago, you said that you had tried many times, maybe hundreds of times, to contact the federal government, and particularly the global affairs minister, and received nothing in the way of, in the way of a reply, and that there's no interest, doesn't seem to be any interest in an inquiry, that really tr- is extremely, extremely troubling. I, I take it you haven't heard from anybody in the government in the ensuing two or three weeks. Still nothing, Roy, and, um, you know, this goes right back to, you know, just weeks after uh, Robert and, and John were kidnapped, starting to write letters to everyone from the PM to MPs to then Foreign Affairs Minister Stefan Dion, Ralph Goodall, uh, Harjit Sajjan, just the, our Governor General, um, it's still nothing from the major players, which would be our, well, Justin Trudeau, and um, nothing, I, I believe, Gord, a year or better after um, he started writing to Stefan Dion, he finally got a letter from Dion, very, very, you know, untimely. But the, my most recent letter to Christian Freeland was written on uh, June 13th, I think, and not a peep back. So clearly they're not interested in communicating with you, and don't hold your breath if you're waiting for an inquiry as to what happened to your brother right. and Mr. Ridsdale. Right. Gord, this is, I know this is terribly frustrating for you, and you've invited Prime Minister Trudeau to speak with you about this publicly on this program or anywhere else that he might choose to. Well, that, that's right, Roy, and uh, and the invitation still stands. <laughs> I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if he takes me up on it. But you know, I, uh, you're talking about frustration. I was most frustrated when uh, our esteemed prime minister was in the Philippines <coughs> while uh, while Bob and John were being held hostage, and I think he was uh, he was doing the photo ops and shaking the hands with the people and acting the rock star. I think somebody asked him what was happening and he basically just said well i wish them well uh he there you know you would have thought if he was over there that he would have tried tried to take some some involvement with uh, with this case doesn't seem to be even in the slightest interested warren uh, rodwell in australia you're critical of the prime minister's lack of involvement in attempting to secure the freedom uh, and the release of robert hall and john ridsdale as well as Mr. Trudeau's repeated statements that Canada doesn't pay ransom to release Canadians from abduction, they wouldn't even negotiate, never mind uh, pay ransom. What, uh, how much of a misfire do you think this was by Mr. Trudeau based on what your government was able to accomplish? I firstly think it was very naive when I, when I heard the statements. Uh, there was a lot of chest beating. These people that do the kidnappings, they, they do have access to the internet themselves. And uh, to simply state that uh, Canada doesn't negotiate, well, uh, that doesn't protect anyone because when uh, when anyone is kidnapped, their nationality is not known immediately. All they are is a target anyway. People right. of all colours and creeds uh, you know, get kidnapped. Now, Warren, we're having a little we're having a little trouble with your with your uh, with the reception on your phone. So just don't do anything. We'll we'll just stay with you. And uh, 
Maybe if, okay. if you've moved a few feet from where you were earlier, maybe you can go back to where you were. I'm not sure. Bob East, the military op. The talk about military operations or the military option to free Mr. Hall and Mr. Ridsdale, that it was on the table and that a military mission involving Canada's special forces, Filipino special forces, and perhaps UN spe- U.S. special forces was ready to go. What do you know about that? I, I know very little about it. Um, Warren was telling me um, that they were. When um, uh, Robert and John were, were kidnapped, I had, uh, um, you know, I, I had an interest in that because um, I, I go to the Philippines a lot. It's, I have a PhD that I wrote on insurgency there, and um, just incidentally, I'm also married to a Filipina. So I, I know a lot about the country, and I know a lot about the Abu Sayyaf. So... Um, he told me that there were your special forces uh, were there. I just wonder why uh, they didn't get involved. Now, if, if it had been uh, Americans that were kidnapped or something like that, the, the Americans would have their, their people in there straight away. So maybe the Prime Minister was just... Um, he's, he's fairly new at the game, I suppose. So maybe he was just trying to be cautious. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, I wasn't aware that your people were there until... That's what we've been told on several occasions. What can you tell us? What should we know about Abu Sayyaf, Bob? Well, where do I begin? Um, I, I've been researching this group for um, well over a decade, and I've written three books about them. In fact, I'm on to my fourth book about uh, what they're doing now in the way of piracy. When they originally started 20 years ago, or a little bit more, under um, Abdurajak Janjalani, it was a group that probably was uh, intent on separatism and that. But at the moment, the Abu Sayyaf has split into so many different groups, and they have so many different leaders, and it's just, they are just criminals, they are just uneducated criminals who are just doing this for money. They have no... Uh, they have no humanity about them whatsoever, as you can see by what they did to mm-hmm. Bobby and John. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, probably if anybody really wants to know about this group, um, and I don't want to put too much of a plug on this, but just grab hold of um, certainly the first book that I wrote, which was called Terror Truncated. That's when the Abu Sayyaf uh, took a bit of a nosedive back in 2002. Um, and then my other book that was released just a little while ago about the, the new Abu Sayyaf, and you get some idea of uh, where these okay. people are coming from. But look, they're, they're fractured, and as I said, at the risk of repeating myself, they are just, they're just criminal gangs. Yeah. Uh, Warren, reading what you have written and, and what uh, what you sent me, Abu Sayyaf, the ones that had you captive, the, the people are actually on the ground with you, they were basically poor, illiterate, um, just interested in making money. But above them was a level of control that was that was really in charge of what was going on. What was your relationship like with the people on the ground? And and I, I should ask you as well: Were you captive at the same time as Mr. Ridsdale and and Mr. Hall, or, or was there no intersection of those paths? I was captured beforehand from the 5th of December 2011 and the 23rd of March 2013. So that... Okay. So the, so you, 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 you never crossed paths? 
yeah, it, it was beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't at the same time, but there were others, quite a number of them were kidnapped uh, at the same time in different locations. How did they treat you? Uh, under the circumstances, they treated me the best that they could because I was valuable. The, the greatest difficulty and probably danger to me, apart from the threat of being beheaded, was the lack of food. Because we were, we had to go into hiding in the very remote location, including war zones. So in, in that case, we, we couldn't get food. My usual diet was rice only, but this also applied to the guards that were around me. So these guards were usually about 19, 20 years old. And you could consider it something similar to, say, seasonal work for them. Most of them probably never got paid anyhow. And some of them got killed, of course. So they, uh, the people that were really the organisers uh, are said to be a corrupt syndicate uh, on the top of things. All right, let me take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, hear from Mr. Warren Wadmel, uh, Rodwell, more from him, from Dr. Bob East, Benice Thomas, and Gord Bibby. And I'm sure that uh, Benice and Gord, Gord have questions they would like to ask uh, Mr. Rodwell and Dr. East. Please stay with us. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Warren Rudwell was a captive of Abu Sayyaf. He was threatened with beheading. Dr. Bob East is uh, the biographer of Mr. Rodwell's experience with Abu Sayyaf over 472 days. The book is 472 Days Captive of the Abu Sayyaf, The Survival of Australian Warren Rodwell. Ward Bibby is the cousin of Mr. Thomas Hall, and uh, Bernice Thomas is um, Robert Hall's sister. Gord, do you have a question you'd like to ask either Bob East or Warren Rodwell about what's been said so far? Well, I would, Roy. Thank you. Uh, uh, Dr. East, I, I noticed on your, uh, on your uh, Wikipedia site uh, from 2000 until 2016, there were about uh, 98 incidents involving the Abu Sayyaf. At the end of 2015, there was apparently uh, an official affiliation made with ISIL, and the following year, 2016, there were 20 incidents. Uh, so from 20, uh, 2000 to 2015, there was an average of five incidents per year. And in 2016, there were 20 incidents. Is that, is that significant? Is there some uh, acceleration on, uh, on their activity because they're now officially associated with, uh, with ISIL? Well, it would appear that um, the escalation has had something to do with the affiliation of ISIS. I mean, um, as you probably know, there is a state of emergency in Mindanao at the moment, and that's because of the um, the involvement of Abu Sayyaf and ISIS down in uh, Marawi, which is um, in, in the autonomous region of Muslim Mindanao. So yes, they, they, they appear to be, certain groups appear to be 
the, uh, the, the groups that are not organized, the ones that are doing the piracy and the Sulu Sea and all that sort of stuff. So it's still very fractured, but you still have um, Habalon, who is in charge of uh, the Abu Sayyaf down there, and he appears to be uh, organizing that group down there more so than the ones in the Sulu Archipelago. If I'm making sense. Bob, uh, was I Abu Sayyaf in the habit of murdering their hostages, or did most of the hostages find a way to be released, either through um, ransom being paid or some other manner? What uh, were they? I mean, did, what percentage of their of their victims were were executed? Well, not not a lot. I mean, if we go back to the original Egyptian um, and uh, this is right in the beginning of the, the 21st century. Most of the people that they kidnapped, you know, were released. Yes, there was the occasional one that was killed, but not like today. I mean, the Abu Sayyaf today, especially the groups that are in, um, in Sulu, and that's where I understand um, Bobby and John were, um, as opposed to Warren, he was all over the place. But they, they appear to be just bloodthirsty uh, for whatever reason. But yes, it, it has escalated. And uh, that's the reason why the uh, president you know, has declared a state of emergency. Yeah. Warren, uh, you were afraid f- for your life um, most of the time, all of the time that you were in there, uh, that you were there captive? Yes, but after three months, because it was a constant anguish, I really just had to shut down my thoughts in that regard. Otherwise, it was doing my head in. Uh, and that was would have affected my... Uh, yeah, that was the question uh, I was going to ask you. What impact does that have? Just being surrounded by people and constantly being under threat over a period of time, uh, that has to be just so psychologically d- destroying. It's, it's no relief at all. And, and you can't switch off and escape you know, at all from it. And whenever a large number of people would all of a sudden accumulate in the... In the in the camp, prison camps, if you start stressing too much, well, uh, you know you feel physically sick as well. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I'm going to take a break and then we'll come back. Uh, and uh, Bernice Thomas will ask uh, either Warren or Bobby to question or two, and uh, and Gord Baby will as well. And we'll find out what the Australian government, in fact, did to provide the and create the opportunity for. For Warren Rodwell to be released from captivity by Abu Sayyaf. Again, 472 days, the captive of Abu Sayyaf. What did the Australians do that the Canadian government might also have done? At the end of the day, the Australians paid something in the neighborhood of $100,000, whereas they'd been asking for millions. We'll come back. He's like a superhero without the costume. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I am outraged by the news that a Canadian citizen, John Reisdell, held hostage in the Philippines since September 21, 2015, has been killed at the hands of his captors. Canada condemns without reservation the brutality of the hostage takers and this unnecessary death. This was an act of cold-blooded murder and responsibility rests squarely with the terrorist group who took him hostage. 
The Government of Canada is committed to working with the Government of Philippines and international partners to pursue those responsible for this heinous act and bring them to justice. There's Prime Minister of Canada on the, uh, the murders of John Ridsdale and um, Robert Hall. Warren Rodwell from Australia was a captive of Abu Sayyaf, the terror group that, uh, that took and killed Robert Hall and uh, John Ridsdale. And Dr. Bob East is his biographer, also has uh, studied, researched Abu Sayyaf for many years. His book is 472 Days Captive of the Abu Sayyaf, The Survival of Australian Warren Rodwell. What was it that Australia did, Warren? What was it that your government did? When you were captive, uh, taken captive by Abu Sayyaf to start the ball rolling uh, and, and providing the funds that they eventually accepted and allowed you to go. Firstly, Roy, the Australian government did not pay any money. They did not contribute in, uh, in monetary terms. The, the monies that were raised were from my brother, sister and my but the, the Australian demand was for two million U.S. dollars. Okay, the Australian government uh, did did help, but did assist, did they not? Yes, they immediately upon uh, being advised uh, that was within a few hours. They formed a multi-agency task force, which consisted of the Australian Federal Police, the Australian Embassy, the Australian military and the Australian Security uh, Secret Intelligence uh, Organisation. Okay, we apologise for the sound quality with mobile phones. I just I just tweeted, 50 years ago we put a man on the moon, but we still have uncertain mobile phone quality in 2017. Mm-hmm. We haven't come all that far. <coughs> Bernice Thomas, Bernice, when you, when you hear uh, Mr. Rodwell talk about the Australian government putting together a multi-agency task force to start working on getting Mr. Rodwell out... That's essentially what you've asked the Canadian government to do. That's right, uh, Roy. And in in my conversation the other day with Warren, first of all, I just want to say, uh, Warren, I'm I'm so sorry for for your ordeal. I'm I'm so happy that that you walked out of the jungle, and and just from all Warren's told me, um, you know, it's very it's difficult to revisit. You know what my brother must have been going through, and just the mental anguish especially from the time uh, that John was murdered up until my brother was murdered. But, you know, from, from all that Warren has told me and from, from Dr. East, you know, Australia created the template that Canada needs to follow. And, and I don't understand why still, um, you know, in, in talking with Warren, I asked him directly, did Canada... Are you there, Benice? I think we lost Benice. Let's get her back. Gord, uh, do you know what uh, Benice was getting at? Do you want to finish off what she was uh, maybe saying? Uh, I, I was having trouble hearing her. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, Roy. Okay. I, I, I think the big distinction between the two cases is the Australian government was treating uh, Warren's uh, abduction as a terrorism act and our government was just treating it as a as a kidnapping of uh, two uh, two unfortunate souls overseas, and I, I think that's the big distinction. Are there new questions that have occurred to you since you've been listening to to Warren and to uh, to Bob in Australia and uh, communication that you might have had with them by way of email over the last several days? 
Um, I well, I've I, certainly uh, enlightened me as to uh, to what should be done uh, that the Canadian government did. I, I, I uh, have been uh, looking at a lot of the information, uh, the, uh, particularly the, the Australians' policy on hostages, and it, it's fairly exhaustive. And and I think uh, I think the government should, uh, our government should take a close look at that. And it's it's amazing to me that uh, there was all this information which is readily available you know I, we, bonnie bonnie and i have, have sourced it on the internet and our it appears our government uh, had no idea uh, that there were these options available learning from the experience of other countries it's just that, that that's very very disturbing to me and we're not just talking about the past or the present we're also talking about what can happen and what may very well happen going forward benisa back with us we lost you there for a second. Uh, you were in the middle of a question or a point you were making, Bernice. Uh, I don't know where you lost me. So um, basically, all I all I need to say is that this is a clear case in my mind of not a lack of means or a lack of, of ability. It is a lack of political will on the part of Justin Trudeau because we look at you know the success that Australia had with creating a template for hostage policy in these cases they're they're you know on top of the game and the most recent and documented uh information as well as what dr east has accumulated in his research and and there are multiple incidences of successful rescues so why canada didn't even attempt to rescue is is crazy making and it is it boils down to a lack of political will from our government. That's all there is to it. Bob, have there been successful military rescues of hostages of Abu Sayyaf? We know it's happened with other terror organizations. What about them? Bob East? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Have there have there been have there been successful military rescues, Bob, of hostages held by Abu Sayyaf? Oh, yes. Yes, there has. Um, certainly, uh, if, if we go back into history a little bit, you know, when the Americans were there in the beginning of the 21st century, uh, they were quite successful, and also um, the Philippine Armed Forces were quite successful too. I don't know why, just in the last couple of years, that they haven't had the same success. Um, but, but yes, to answer your question, um, there, there have been. Uh, well, I, that, that that raises the question. Story. That raises the question: What's changed about this group that makes them more in, 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 impervious to uh, to a military rescue? Maybe there was a reason for Canada not to get involved militarily. Well, I, I don't know why your government uh, didn't get involved uh, military. They, as you said, they did have people there. But um, okay. I, I don't know. I think one of the problems is is that the Abu Sayyaf of today is not the Abu Sayyaf of what it was 10 years ago. It was very, very organized. And as I said, now it's just totally splintered. Mm-hmm. And any group that wants to get a dozen people together, they just call themselves Abu Sayyaf, you see. So there, there really is the, the, the structure is not there like it was 10 years ago. Uh, Warren, what were you doing at the time that you were abducted? Uh, Mr. Ridsdale and Mr. Hall were in a marina, and uh, one of them got up and turned on a light, and there was a commotion as Abu uh, Sayyaf was 
was abducting, I, I don't know who they took first, but then the other Canadian heard the commotion turned on the light and he was taken as well. What were you doing at the time that they got you? I, I was in the final process of stages of building a house and at around 6 o'clock at night the light was changing in dark and four men broke in disguised as police and with weapons. Uh, one shot me through the hand and they captured me that way. What did they say to you at the time? Was there anything uh, was anything said and while you were there captive was there a did they did they did they explain to you why they were doing what they were doing or not? Initially they did not explain. Uh, when they broke in and I had someone an arm's distance away a couple of arm distances away pointing a rifle at me an assault weapon. Uh, I I looked at him, then he just shot me uh, through the through the hand which was beside me. Uh, I abused him when he did it. Uh, and he just said, police, police. I, I looked at one of the weapons and it had a sticker on it saying police. So the next thing, the, the fellow in charge produced a set of handcuffs and put them on me and dragged me off. So I get the picture of a disorganized uh, crew on the ground, as, as Bob said, maybe... A few dozen people calling themselves Abu Sayyaf. Was there was there an element of that that they were just sort of making things up as they were going along? Well, in this group that captured me, the, I saw four of them. The person that was the leader, he appeared to have military or police training. The rest were just young guys uh, along for the ride. I was dragged down to a river then into a boat, and it wasn't until I saw the boat that I realized that I was being kidnapped. So are you saying that, are you saying that they're, you're saying Filipino police may be involved with them? Not at that point in time, no. They were just claiming to be. Okay, all right. So there is a distinction, Roy, that in the local community level, they, it's called a barangay, they have their own police, if you like, officials. Okay. Uh, elected ones. All right. Uh, before we take the, bre- the break, Benice, uh, Gord, any questions, any points you want to make? Um, Gordy, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I, I just, uh, it seems to me like if this group was as disorganized and leaderless as Warren says, that, uh, that uh, you know, a properly mounted military action yeah. rescue exercise probably wouldn't have been successful. Yeah, it certainly does, doesn't it? I have this very same thought. If they're, if they're sort of an ad hoc group, if there's a bunch of them that are an ad, ad hoc groups, they call themselves Abu Sayyaf, and, uh, and, and they've taken two Canadians hostage, and we have some of the best trained special military forces in the world and joined Task Force 2, and the Filipinos were going to get involved. We'd also heard, by the way, the Philippine Army had lost 50 men in... Uh, Getting that area where where um, where Bob uh, and, uh, and and John were were being held, they lost fifty men in getting that area prepared for an attack. So if you have American special forces, Filipino special forces, and Canadian special forces going in to take out an ad hoc group, seems to me that that would probably be fairly successful, or at least worth the risk. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Stay with us.
Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We just have a few minutes uh, left with my guests, Warren Rodwell and Dr. Bob East, joining us from Australia. Mr. Rodwell, a captive of Abu Sayyaf for 472 days before he was released after some $100,000 was paid to Abu Sayyaf, and they rather weirdly suggested that he paid room and board. Uh, Dr. Bob East is a researcher and author of the book of uh, Mr. Rodwell's time of imprisonment or capture by Abu Sayyaf, and Bernice Thomas is the sister of uh, Robert Hall, one of the two Canadians who had been abducted and, and murdered. I, I hate saying this because it's just not, I don't want to say it, but we have to say it because this is what this program is about and what you're trying to accomplish, Bernice, and Gord Bibby, a cousin of, uh, of Mr. Hall, you're trying to accomplish getting the government of Canada to ask, or at least answer the questions that you have. But he's, what are the, what's the most fundamental question that you want answered? Well, it would fundamentally be, I guess, why was there no rescue attempt when we have the means and ability and one of the best counterterrorism special forces units on the planet? And I, I imagine you posed that question in written form to the Global Affairs Minister and the Prime Minister. Many, many times, yes. Gord, you've, uh, as we pointed out, you've challenged the Prime Minister to a debate publicly on this program or elsewhere. What's the question, most fundamental question you want answered? What does Justin Trudeau have to answer? Well, I, obviously, why why he didn't do more. I, I, I would ask uh, your guests from Australia if the Canadian government... Uh, uh, at any time contacted them uh, regarding their experiences with regards to uh, Bob and John's uh, situation, just, just to gain some insight. That's an interesting question. Uh, Warren, any, any contacts? Anybody ask you about your experiences with Abu Sayyaf? Absolutely not. Would you, been a- would you have been able to provide some information to that what might have been valuable to a military force? Oh, well, look, we've, there's plenty of media stuff. We have Wikipedia entries, the book's been published, everything's available freely. Mm-hmm. The Australian government in the Philippines, uh, they've got a resource information. The Australian Federal Police has confirmed with me that they're not aware of ever being contacted uh, outside. So by the time the Canadian media did ask me after John Ridsdale murder, my first question was, what took you so long? You had to ask me. Because we're, we're easy to find. You don't have to uh, enter the name Abbasiva in Google and our names would pop up and how to contact us. That's a very uh, good question. What took you so long? You know, I, 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 Roy, I think, I think that's, that's the problem the family of God is, is you know, <laughs> as... as you know, basic citizens, we've been able to uh, do a fair amount of research into uh, the history, and, and certainly the information these two gentlemen have provided has been, uh, has been excellent. Uh, I can't for the life of me figure out why our government, uh, if they were serious about uh, getting 
Bob and John out of this situation, why, you know, they didn't do some simple research. It, it, it just blows me away. And, and I think that goes to the, uh, to the petition, Petition 696, is it so there will be something formulated, much like the Australian government has done with regards to uh, strategies relating to uh, uh, hostage, hostage takings. And, and you told me that there is a time limit that the Canadian government has to respond to that petition. Yeah, I, I, I think I think they're going to be resp- or supposed to be responding officially next week. Uh, okay. Bonnie may be able to confirm that, but I, I think that's the situation. So we're certainly very anxious to see what their response. Yeah, and one of the things we have to remember is we're talking about Benice's brother and your cousin. We're talking about two people. If you look at the photographs of them as their captives of Abu Sayyaf, that, that one photograph particularly that is available to anyone, that is just such a terrifying photograph. And you remind yourself it could be anybody. It could have been anyone at any time. It just happened to be the two gentlemen who were involved. We have to remind ourselves who we're talking about. Warren, uh, oh, Bob, what's the? Uh, give me in about 20 seconds, what's the Australian government's response or or, or, or um, position on inter- intervening in hostage or kidnapping cases? Well, I'm not quite sure what their official um, policy is on that. All I know is that when Warren was kidnapped, they had a media blackout. I argued against this uh, because I said, if you don't keep his name in the paper, he's not of any value to them. Now, I wasn't even aware of what the government was doing because, as I said, there was a media blackout. It wasn't until after I met Warren when he came back um, that I realized how much my government had done. All right. All right, uh, Warren Rodwell. Glad you're safe and home, and uh, and thank you for joining us from Australia, Dr. Bob East. Thank you as well, and Benice and Gord. We're just we're concerned about you. We're concerned about what happened. There are questions that you have that other Canadians also have that have to be answered. Best to you both, and we'll stay in touch. Thanks, Thanks Roy. Roy. We'll come back and wrap up after this.